Risk management in the cannabis industry is about as risky as you can get in business. Rocco Petrilli knows all that, and his association is growing every day. That's the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. Rocco is the chairman of the board, and this is part two of our conversation on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD, and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains, and 100 chemicals, all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called cannabis sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. All right, Rocco, well, we know what your vision statement is. Let's check out what your mission statement is, and it's relatively simple, making our members better consumers of insurance. You try to make a mission statement simple, right? Exactly. And that's about as simple as it gets. When it absolutely, positively has to be there overnight. Another example yes. of a simple mission statement. But it explains it. I mean, in our case. Yeah. Every, everything needs a certain focus to be effective. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly the concept of risk management is very, very broad. Mm -hmm. And had we tried or you know, attempted to represent all of the risk mm -hmm. that exists in all of the cannabis industry, uh, we wouldn't have been successful. So we, we drew our mission down to, uh, to that of insurance. Because in, in our early days, when we were starting to... Uh, uh, recruit and, and accrue membership. Mm -hmm. The early feedback that we got is that finding quality insurance coverage was a severe detriment to the various members, new, you know, new members or mm -hmm. original members of the NCRMA mm -hmm. uh, in in starting and operating their businesses. And and the deeper that uh, that we got into that, it became very clear that the way that we, you know, our passion was how can we influence this positively mm -hmm. and, and to the betterment of the people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, bo both, both members and, you know, outside consumers alike. Mm -hmm. and, and we did that by focusing on what we found was one of the biggest uh, deficiencies in the market, and that was, uh, you know, commercial insurance coverages. There you go. So, so by providing these risk management tools that uh, help our uh, members manage their risk, eliminate the uncertainty, and keep the bad things from happening, we make our members better consumers of insurance. Gotcha. You're watching In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. This is a podcast that is carried on the Pro Cannabis Media Group and ProCannabisMedia.com. And we are also distributed on iTunes. We're also distributed on a variety of other podcast aggregation networks, including C-Suite Network 
and the clnsmedia.com uh, website as well. Um, when you talk about risk in this business, in the cannabis business, there are those businesses who grow the stuff and dispense the stuff because they, that's part of the deal and they touch the product specifically. But there's a whole bunch of other people in the cannabis space that are the ancillary ones, the equipment manufacturers and um, the labelers and the packagers. Uh, it, it, they too sometimes have problems getting themselves insurance or even banking because they know, people know that they're, touch, they're working with people in the cannabis space. Um, Obviously, I'm guessing your members go all over the place here. Yeah, they do. Although, you know, the primary challenge come come from the people who are directly involved in the, you know, let's call it uh, vertical processing right. through to dispensing or dispensary of the cannabis from seed to, to sale. distribution. Yes, seed to distribution. Seed is, to distribution, is what we which say. follows the sale. Right. So that makes sense too, because there's a risk but, in that. But uh, you know, because many of many of the ancillary, like the processing yeah. equipment manufacturers, yeah. I mean, most of them, and uh, a salud for yeah. for for the way that they've done this. But but they have tailored an existing product to answer the bell in cannabis processing. For example, you know, lighting, uh, solvent right. extraction, right. Uh, pressurized solvent pressing. You know, all, all of those right. all of those pieces of manufacturing equipment mm -hmm. previously previously existed before legalized cannabis, right. and were used to do something else. I mean, solventless and solvent extraction has been around. You know, I think they did it at Space or at uh, you know uh, Fred Flintstone's uh, place of uh, place of employment. I was going to say Mr. Spacely, but I was on the other. <laughs> to go yeah. to see the Brotherhood of the Buffaloes. <laughs> now we're going to have a, 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 Flint, a Fred Flintstone. I, you know, I'm just reference. just trying to make the point, Jimmy. It's been it. around for a long time. So what these companies have really masterfully done is they've just taken an existing product. Right. They've co-branded it into the cannabis space, but it really doesn't directly impact. Right. Uh, that company. That company because of the dual use of the equipment. Right. I get you. I get you. I, I think it's time that we move on to the differentiators of the NCRMA. And obviously one of the first one is they're unique. And by the way, anybody who knows Rocco <laughs> knows he's unique. <laughs> by the people say that about me too sometimes. Anyway, they also call me weird, but that's another story. Um, talk to us a little bit about what is the – how – Talk to me about your membership group and what All differentiates. Right. So, what so, are, what, so, how is membership a benefit? Okay, yes. so 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 we get into uh, you know we get into the risk management side, mm -hmm. and the further investigations that we did in the focus of our risk management was mm -hmm. was you know the ultimate insurance policy and insurance coverage. Uh, you know we we found that and felt that our members would truly benefit from. You know, us adding some expertise to uh, to our leadership staff, mm -hmm. and and making certain determinations as well as trying to influence the types and quality of insurance product that's in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So, so at this point, you know, we call ourselves the only focused risk management slash insurance member association in the country, which I'm very confident that we are. Yeah. We 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 have members. We we supply them risk management. Uh, uh, tools, tools, 
Yes. Through, through our membership. Mm -hmm. uh, that is growing. I mean, that, that particular, what I'll call vertical supply yep. Yep. is in, it, in its infancy, but it's, it's growing. Uh, but we have a number, as we'll talk about, very capable service partners who are standing ready to deliver these, uh, these tools to, uh, to the membership. Gotcha. But in addition, yeah. in addition, we've taken a deep dive into the insurance industry and, and we've vetted every insurance product that's in the marketplace and, and are now putting ourselves in a position where we can recommend to our members who come to us for advice yep. where they should go for insurance. And also taking it to a point where, where we're actually sanctioning mm -hmm. or, or, or approving certain product lines and then working with uh, you know the people that are in the industry mm -hmm. to come up with our own list for example of appointed brokers so mm -hmm. not only are we recommending to our members we think this insurance uh, package fits your need best mm -hmm. but we're also giving them a list of approved brokers who we're recommending that they should work with so that they get the proper service and consideration mm -hmm. because one one of the it, it wasn't only the quality of the product. I mean, many of the things that we heard were the insurance coverage was very expensive in terms of, you know, dollar premium per dollar coverage. Well, mm -hmm. of course it was because there is zero actuarial information <laughs> out there to support the development of the early rates. So, you know, people that are setting those rates are protecting themselves. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we heard uh, resoundingly is that uh, you know much more exclusion than inclusion mm -hmm. so people paid for the insurance policies but after you know filtering through that funnel of exclusions that was all part of the policy wordings and sometimes the small print when it came right down to it they had very little coverage at all and many people told us that the only reason they were buying these insurance policies is because they needed to check the box to and have, have insurance, the insurance which is part of the regulation. But, but it's certainly not protecting them. So right. again, our viewpoint was we need to get out there and influence the early loss history mm -hmm. of these companies because that's the only way really the insurance market is going to come around. Mm -hmm. It's like gas prices. I mean, if there if there's an early bad experience in cannabis from a claims history or claims management standpoint mm -hmm. that pushes those premiums up, it's going to take a long, long time Again, for yeah. those premiums to come back down. So we're you know we're really focused on the first couple of years, particularly in these adult use states, of the insurance claim history, and are you know very strongly suggesting to our members, hey, you got to get involved and you got to control your claims history because ultimately, your control now is going to benefit you in terms of higher value premiums and coverages that you'll be able to secure in the future. As you know, uh, you kind of alluded to this fact, uh, Massachusetts, first East Coast state to legalize uh, adult use cannabis. The more mature markets in this space are out west, in California and Oregon, Washington, Arizona, and of course Colorado as well. How many members do you have and does the mature market 
skew towards a membership? Or I know you see this as an opportunity to grow membership in the East, but um, is this where you're finding most of your members are in that in those mature markets? Yeah, our our common uh, our our common thread of membership started in the West and stays in the West. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, we're, we're seeing we're seeing a growing uh, uh, a growing interest as you know, these states are continuing to legalize, particularly on the adult use side. Mm -hmm. We also have a genuine interest from the medical side, mm -hmm. which of course is much broader. Mm -hmm. You know, 30, 30 plus states uh, yes. are legalized medically. And it's an insurance challenge a bit, but we enjoy it, is that uh, a lot of these medical facilities are, are vertical, uh, vertical growth. So they're, they're seed to distribution, uh, at least seed to packaging yep. under one roof. And then typically the dispensary exists somewhere else. So that that's a that's a different risk management challenge mm -hmm. than going from mm -hmm. supply point to supply point, starting with grow and cultivation and ending with dispensary. It's there's so many steps in this process, and with a chemistry background, you understand. No, I love it. I love know, it. <laughs> it's, 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 I talked to one of the chemists at, at Alternative Compassion Service. I'll certainly give them ACS a plug uh, down in Bridgewater. Um, even though we do love the Revolutionary Clinics too, which is our original sponsor, I don't want to, you know, play favorites. Uh, that's very important. Um, the whole chemistry, there's so many chemicals that they're still discovering in this cannabis sativa plant. It's so funny because you, when you think about the usage of it over thousands of years, but now you're applying modern uh, research and science to a product that's been around for thousands of years, so you're really able to drill down, like they didn't have the ability to drill down into the molecules 80 years ago when it first became prohibited. They just didn't. Now they do. And they're discovering new molecules every day. Yeah, I mean, so much so much of medicine, you know, pre where we are today technologically has mm -hmm. been about the result, right. you know, the impact. Right. Uh, but I mean, and that's one of the things that, that I thoroughly enjoy because uh, just the, the types of people and the types of missions that I'm exposed to. Uh, for example, I'm, I'm working, uh, you know, with a, uh, a PhD, uh, uh, excuse me, a, a medical doctor, an mm -hmm. MD mm -hmm. in psychiatric medicine. Mm -hmm. and, and his design is to, you know, work with a, work with a medical, a producer of medical cannabis mm -hmm. To actually alter the genetics of the cannabinoid, right. so that the receptors in the altered molecule match up with the receptors in the brain that control addiction, right. and therefore displacing, you know, the much dirtier and much more painful approach of methadone and suboxone when right. it comes to uh, treating opioid right. addiction. Yeah. So yeah. just just some wonderful medical opportunities. Yeah. It, it really is. You mentioned opioids and we all know in this country uh, where we have a crisis and it is an amazing thing how many certainly veterans who suffer from PTSD uh, were given opioids because that was the western medicine way of like oh you've got pain here let me write your script sure. for Vicodin or Percocet or whatever it happened yeah, to be. Yeah by the handful. By, by the, the handful. handful. And these guys will go out and they, before they know it they're addicted and you know they have to come off it. And here it is, cannabis is now becoming more accepted as an alternative to using opioids. And in fact, I know you're a football guy, Rocco. You know, I know that. Um, even in the NFL, some former players are now coming out. Chris Long, 
um, who played for both the Patriots and the Eagles. He's the son of Howie. Played for the Raiders. And he played for the Raiders. You know, Jimmy, you know. I'm a Raider guy, too. <laughs> well, I'm certainly not going to mess with you anyway, but uh, there's another reason why not. Um, point being is now uh, that these guys have retired, they feel very comfortable basically admitting, hey, we've been using it forever. And, you know, because we know when they're going to test it. You know, the NFL Players Association says, okay, on just so you know, August 5th, they're going to do the the uh, cannabis test, so make sure you're clean through July so you won't get tested positive. Sure. It, it's almost been a joke amongst those players, and I know this is one of the things, this is not my opinion, this is a fact of what some of the players have talked about. Um, and now I know that the football NFL is looking into alternative pain management therapies, which is wink, wink, CBD and cannabis. Um, this acceptance by a major sports entity has to help the movement across the country for acceptance, yes? It, it certainly helps. Uh, again, you know, understanding uh, the little bit about medicine that uh, my MD son has taught me, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's really all about the creation of the clinical data. Right. Once we have the clinical data, then the doctors will not only be free right. to prescribe, but also willing to, right. because they'll believe in you know, at this point, they take an oath. Right. You know, they, they, they can't steer you towards uh, medical cannabis because they think it might work. Right. They need the clinical data that proves that it works. Right. And there's t this is, therein lies the rub and the catch-22 here. It, it, anecdotally, there's thousands of stories. I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me and said, let me tell you, cannabis has saved my life or cannabis has changed my life and for the better. And... If, you, if it helps somebody get off opioids, how can you not encourage that, whether you're a doctor writing the script or not? And, you know, you, you mentioned PSTD. Mm -hmm. uh, that's important. And, you know, it's more than coincidence that, that Willie Nelson, at 86 years old, continues to tour the country with... Uh, with his sister, mm -hmm. Bobby on the piano at 88, yeah, and Paul cool. English on the drums sometimes yet at 90. Well, <laughs> you know what they say about 90, it's the, the old 80, or is it the new 80, right. or is it 70? We, yeah. we keep getting younger and younger, and our population keeps getting older and older. Yeah. Um, and it, by the way, it's that emerging baby boomer market that all that cannabis dough that's being invested is waiting to emerge. Um, we, you know, we know we've got uh, 11 states that have it legalized now, um, and more coming on board with Illinois. Uh, I, I threw Maine in there as well. So it's just going to get to be a bigger and bigger market, and there's going to be more and more need for education. Well, I mean, even if you know, again, Attorney General Barr uh, made a made a prominent statement mm -hmm. uh, a, a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'll paraphrase it, mm -hmm. but but I did I did read it and actually use it in uh, one of the business prospectuses that I was putting together in the interest of the NCRMA and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But you know, he, he said personally I'm against this, but uh, you know we're we're not going to stop the train. Right. Uh, you know, stopping. The momentum is now untenable, right? And so we have to we have to figure out, you know, how to best manage it, right? And the only thing that scares me is any time 
somebody in government yeah. talks about managing things. Yes. <laughs> uh, why isn't yeah. it? Why, you know, we could sit here and we laugh about it. If we all know that education drives the bus and science and research is really moving the wave forward here, why aren't our legislators, both on the state and at the federal label, level, learning more about this product? Jimmy, we live our life through our paradigms. Thanks. That, Par was, that was very deep. Par right? Paradigms take, take a long time to break. And right now, right now, my generation, yep. okay, and, and, you know, 20 years above and 15 years below, we're, we're, we're stuck in, in the weed paradigm. We think, it, we think it's Cheech and Chaw. Right. And now you're in the weeds yeah. with Jimmy Young. With Jimmy Young. So there you go. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. In the Weeds with Jimmy Young is a video podcast produced by the Pro Cannabis Media Network for the entertainment and education of our audience. All opinions on this show should not be considered medical advice or reflect the opinions of the management of CLNS Media, C-Suite Network, Pro Cannabis Media Group, or its marketing partners.